All right, so we're back uh, after about a week. Um, yeah, we, we took a slight hiatus because there were some very important things that were going on this week. Um, we played our one and probably only game we're going to play against each other in fantasy because you are not going to make the playoffs. Well, yeah, I'm not making the playoffs. That was that was already determined, but I was hoping I could at least like instill a bit of pain on your ascent to the playoffs Ooh, and play spoiler. But uh, I mean, I played spoiler to myself because I was so close to taking first place in total points, but because I picked literally all the wrong players, I only beat you by like three points and. I'm still close to the point lead, but I, I'm, I'm, I could have had it this week if I'd have put in two players that I left on the bench. Yeah, That's if right. I had not taken out Malcolm Brown and put in Giovanni Bernard, I would have won. Boy, that's, but that's, that's a tough call, though, because Gio puts up points. And Seattle has a good run defense, so... Not really, and and Pittsburgh definitely has a much better run defense than than yeah, Seattle. That's true. So I was I have Joe Mixon in two other leagues, and so I was doing that with all those other leagues. So I just kind of made the the general move cross leagues, which was a stupid idea. You should get a little bit different exposure yeah. to different players each week, but. You know, my my season is going down the tubes, but it's, you know, I made a couple good moves, but, you know, basically basically losing my entire running back core to injury kind of did me in. Yeah, that does suck. Um, I mean, I got lucky that Eckler went out, but I picked up a few other people here and there when it really helped. Um I did have Hines on the bench, which I mean. Yeah, but when are you going to play Hines? Like, you I'm you'll play, play him next week, and he won't get you any points. Oh no, he's he's in pretty much. I mean, I'm going to drop McKissick. I only picked up McKissick because I was like, I need someone to pick up. You know, on my running back because I was like, Hines isn't going to do well this week. But then Hines had like forty thousand points, and it was ridiculous. Um. And it's funny, too, because I should have known. I should have known. Like, the Colts and the Titans, it's a rivalry game. Like, the Colts are always, like, the big upset for the Titans. And it's always been the case. They're just always that team that they just they just can't, no matter how good they're being this season, they will lose to the Colts. And I, should, and I knew that. And I even told someone going into that game, I was like, you should be careful because... Indianapolis always kind of blows well, it up on the Titans. It stung me. I, you know, AJ Brown got three points. Yeah. I would have won if he had caught another pass, basically. So well, but we could both argue that because I had Christian Kirk, who only scored one point, had like zero targets the whole game, in a game where like Hop and Fitzgerald were just lighting it up, and they were just like, "Man, Kurt can take a break this season, this week, I guess." Like, well, he's a boomer bust play anyway. Um, but he's been, but he's been putting out numbers the last couple of weeks. I know I, he has, but I, I'm honestly, just, yeah, I was in the same boat. I was like, I don't know, this matchup doesn't seem good, but all the all the talking heads were like, "Put in Kirk, put in Kirk," and I was like, "All right, I'm just not gonna listen to them anymore." Because they were wrong. Well, the key is to find the right talking heads and stick with a game plan. Yeah. Because once you start deviating from the game plan, you're never going to. Uh, um. You're you're gonna always be second guessing yourself. So. Yeah. You're gonna have losses, but as long as you're sticking to a process, you'll you'll do fine. But. Um. Which, yeah. you know, and my process was, when I picked up T. Higgins, I said, this kid has been balling out. He's Joe Burrow's, like, number one target. And Joe Burrow is like, they're not winning any games, but they are putting up numbers. And I was like, but Steelers have a really good defense. And sure enough, like, the Steelers held 
the Bengals to one touchdown. The one touchdown was to my guy, but yet he also had like 400 yards receiving or something without any other touchdowns because he ended up with almost 30 points as well. No, T. Higgins is legit. I would play him every week over Christian Kirk. Oh, he's in 100%. I mean, it, I was basically just doing the matchups. I looked at I said Steelers. It's interesting though. Bengals, Steelers. I'm not going to I'm not going to put him in. Lesson learned. <laughs> the interesting thing though about the Rams is it's clear that they don't they don't care about your fantasy team and they're just going to spread the ball around. Yeah. And see what is, happens. Which does suck because you know, I thought this year was going to be pretty big for Cup. I should have known it wasn't going to be because he's obviously going to be heavily covered because he's pretty much their number one receiver at the at the beginning of the season. Um, well, then Woods should have done better, right? Well, Woods did very well at the beginning of the season. Like he was popping off left and right, and it was it was as a Rams fan, it was not frustrating to see Woods doing very well as a fantasy player that had cup but didn't have woods it was very frustrating <laughs> yeah and then when you're turning around you're like well whatever and then everett starts blowing up and then reynolds is blowing up and it's just like well, well you can always shit. count on you can always count on uh, jared goff to uh perform terribly in a in a smash uh, matchup yeah I mean, yeah, I I definitely, I, I am actually really glad to, as a Rams fan, to see them not being so one-note and really spreading it around. No, they're they're a good team this year, yeah. and they're tied up yeah. with Seattle now, so. They're, they're second place. They would have been first place if um, my boy Kyler Murray didn't get that Hail Mary full of grace that that long bomb at the end was pretty incredible. Um, I talked some shit about Kyler Murray when he came in. Um, and his first year, he, he definitely proved me right. But you could also see there was something there. And if with a little bit more time, and so this season, and he puts up decent fans. Yeah, and he's got Seattle on Thursday. So have fun with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to. I'm gonna have I'm, so much fun I'm, with that. I'm against that in my league of record this week, and I'm not excited about it. Oh. So let me ask you this. Should I put Christian Kirk in against Seattle? See, that that you could do. Yeah, yeah. I would do that. Yeah. I get it. I will. I, sh- I should have known better. Buffalo's defense is really solid. Well, I guess Travis Fulgham retired this week, so it's. Uh... Hmm? He retired this week. Sorry, so no. Bad. This is the second guy that that hasn't gotten that joke. I've said I. <laughs> it's just when a player does nothing, I just say they retired, and. Uh, I mean, I had yeah, I had two players that just basically like flopped him and Kirk that were like, and Fulgham's been like my my dude, but yeah, Fulgham has been my dude basically. I. He was just sitting there on the waivers, and no one picked him up. And I was just like, I'm going to pick him up. I picked him up, put him in, and he's just been crushing it ever since, except for this week. And um, it's weird. Like, So the, the Rams tend to do this as well. It's like you can watch them playing, and you're like, they should be – they should have like 40 points right now. Why do they only have 20 points? They're only three points ahead of the team they're playing. I don't understand what's going on. It's like they play to the level of the people they're playing against. And it's like my team in fantasy does that every time as well. It's like whenever if someone's mm-hmm. popping off with like 140, then like my team's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do 170. And then if someone's like, oh, we're doing 103, my team's like, yeah, we're going to do 106. I'm <laughs> just like, whether. Yeah. Got to keep That's me on it goes. But, uh, but I did win this week, barely. Uh, it was a nail biter for sure. I was super anxious, and I, I mean, honestly, like, I was gonna, I was gonna totally eat crow and just be like, I was a terrible manager. You know, I should have put, I should have left Higgins in. I knew he was like a, a good dude to leave in. I should have put Hines in. Why did I like fumble with him? The whole reason I picked him up was because he's been putting up mad points. I should have started Deontay Johnson. Yeah, 
We can yeah. we can do this all day, and I don't know if everyone wants to listen to us talk about our shitty fantasy teams. Well, but... my point was was that I would have fully accepted that it was my own fault. I wasn't going to blame it on anyone else. My own bad management. Um, but then Kyle Rudolph, Kyle to Kyle, came through for me. Gonna have to buy him a Monster Energy drink. No, that that is the best part of fantasy when it comes down to the last play of the last drive of you know of the last game. That's yeah. where it's fun for me. Like just watching fun. it, like I had to respect it, even though I was rooting against it, because it was like he just needs one more catch, and it was it was the end of the game, and I'm like they're just gonna run the ball and drain. The I clock. thought the same thing. I thought, the and that's like, what they're gonna you know? do. And then Kirk Cousins, that that sly bastard, like play action pass, rolls out to the right, throws it to Kyle Rudolph, twenty yard catch. Like he, and he was so impressed with himself after he did that. Oh, he was. It was so funny. Yeah, I don't know. That's the that's the Minnesota Vikings for you though. Like getting a slight upgrade at quarterback, and then just totally decimating their own team by. <laughs> paying him so much money like case keenum had them like at the door yeah the year before and then they're like we're gonna get kirk cousins and like that has not worked out well for them at all and now their their vaunted defense is completely depleted roster wise and so now they're basically a broken team with a shitty quarterback who can't hang in the games yeah but I don't know that Case is a Case Keenum to me is very much kind of like a Philip Rivers level where it's like yeah he might get you to the playoffs but he's not a finisher he's not gonna he's not gonna well take I agree you all that the way to I agree that Philip Rivers is not a finisher but he is not he's a much better quarterback than Case Keenum I mean based on what evidence I don't know the passing yards yeah but. Rivers has played a lot more games. He also played uh, much of his career in San Diego, which is just a curse upon itself. So you can't really fault him for that. No. I mean, he's, Uh. yeah, he's a decent enough quarterback. But like I said, he's not a win the Super Bowl quarterback. You know, and if if they make it to the Super Bowl and he wins it this year, then uh, I don't know. I'll have to come up with some sort of penalty for that. Um, which, speaking of which, we didn't come up with one for whoever won this game. Uh, but we definitely should have come up with something. Yeah, next year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's a that's a good uh, good enough excuse to segue into uh, our next topic. Uh, which is uh, the the election continues. Trump still has not conceded. Uh, coronavirus cases are skyrocketing. And we figured we'd take a break from both of those stories this week because next week they'll still be going on. And we can talk they will about more of that. They will still be happening. The, the one thing about the coronavirus uptick I do want to mention, just because it's, I mean, it's It's funny. It's funny is the 130 secret service agents that are either positive or self-quarantined because of Trump's campaign trail. Like, I don't even know how many secret service agents there are, but you know there's a few of them that are on, like, exclusively on the, like, uh, counterfeit team that were just like, whoo! (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But anyway, we'll talk more about that next week because we're certain that Trump will have not conceded by then. And we're also certain that COVID cases will continue to rise. Yeah, probably even worse because of Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, that's that's going to be terrible. And then all this spike is because of Halloween and then Christmas. And but, you know, Gavin Newsom is trying to ruin uh, your anyway. I don't want to get into it. But more importantly, this week we had uh, another episode of The Mandalorian, and it was, in my opinion, probably the best episode of the series so far. It was of the whole of the season. Absolutely, all seasons combined. All seasons combined. 
it, Man, it was bold great. It was well, I, I'm I'm in the game of bold statements on this podcast. I think that's like been established at this point. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, um, Brett Favre is the greatest quarterback of all time. Donald Trump could be the Antichrist. Uh, and then I think I said episode one is better than all of episode. Uh, episode one of this season is better than all of uh, season one, right. which I might take back. But because now episode three is better than than season and uh, then episode one. But anyway, what did you think of the episode? Um, it was so. <laughs> my my first initial reaction was Jesus Christ, can we be fucking done with these eggs as a fucking plot point? And we finally they gave us one last little nod. well actually we should talk about that because that all blew up this week and now there's all this stupid discourse about an egg and then there's the counter discourse to the egg where people are like why are people bitching about an egg which feeds into its own thing like i was well, in a zoom, good. i was in a zoom call with a friend and I was purposely trying not to bring up Star Wars because I'm always the guy that brings up Star Wars. So I'm like, <laughs> they were talking about John Favreau. They were talking about Chef, his show, and all that stuff. And I'm like, don't bring it up. Don't bring it up. Don't bring it up. And then my buddy just brings up, yeah, did you guys see The Mandalorian this week? Like, that egg shit was bullshit. I'm like, oh, God. But <laughs> and then I talked about it for 20 minutes. But, of course. like. And you're about it, to talk about it for another 20 minutes. <laughs> and here we go. So. Uh, certain people were upset that uh, the child was eating just the frog lady's eggs ad nauseum in episode two and which was played for last which I agree is is funny which we uh, saw coming from the as soon as they showed the eggs I was like oh that bitch is he wants to eat the eggs yeah he's a child like he's a toddler it's been well established that he also eats pretty much anything he can put in his mouth and like, I can understand the people that were concerned, maybe uh, women who have infertility problems and value their eggs. And this this frog lady was uh, doing the same thing. These these were the last eggs of her life cycle. So I understand it was played for laughs. But um, but then I also like, I guess I you know I'm a cisgendered white male, so. I don't really care, but I I can understand that sympathy. But again, it's it's a story, you know, about space wizards. Like I understand, and I don't think people that. But then again, I don't think that people that were upset about it were going to say that they were going to not watch the show or think the show should be canceled. Yeah, and so then there's always this counter reaction to it where people are like, "See, they're trying to cancel Baby Yoda." I'm like, "No, they're not. They're just raising a concern they have." You know. At and the same time, we're talking about a world where we're like, we've seen all kinds of mass murder and wanton disregard for life, left and right, and and it's like, oh, but the fucking eggs, like. Come yeah, on. and I generally have that demeanor when it comes to uh, animal rights issues in general. Um, not that I'm uh, against animal rights, but uh, when people are concerned about cats or dogs or just certain things when there's, you know, massive starvations in this country, you know, massive poverty in the world, you know. And no one's really doing anything about it, but it's easy to say, "Oh, I like this dog." Like, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't think that's very like valid in the g- general hierarchy of what we think is moral. Like, I think that we should be concerned about fixing these problems for, the, for pe- human beings that are that are suffering before we priori- prioritize the the rights of of animals. And not to say that you shouldn't prioritize the rights of animals, but like there should be some kind of hierarchy there, in my opinion, that, you know, we should focus on that. And it's in a lot of times it's an excuse for people to ignore those because they can worry about their their dog or. Yeah, it's like a it's a virtue signal sort of thing. It's like, well, I care about the animals. It's like, well, fucking humans. It's a rescue. Yeah. I, I I don't know I like I grew up on a farm so like there was definitely a a distinct hierarchy in my 
you know, and and I understand over time that probably veganism will win out in the long run, but like, Possibly. when we're not when we're not on... even concerned about, I I'm not even saying veganism, but I'm saying like mass production of meat probably will phase out eventually. Actually, I think you have it right, but also wrong. Right, right, because obviously there'll be mass production of, of a source of meat, but it won't yeah. necessarily be from live animals it won't, anymore. It, it won't be mass farming, but there right. will be... Because, I mean, we have... They're working on, like, lab-grown meat. They're like... Right, exactly. They, actually, they already have it. It's just... It's too expensive, too expensive to, make to make right now. But as they keep building it, like, it will get cheaper and cheaper. And there's this company out of, like, Sweden that can make a protein out of, like, carbon from the air or some shit. Like... Uh, I've been following it. I'm not sure, like, if it's legit or not. But if it is legit, like, it's the best thing in the world because a, they can make a a protein, like a. I think it kind of comes. I think it's kind of a tofu-y kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But it's they basically take carbon out of the air, which if you know anything about carbon and what it does in the air, it's bad that it's there, and we got to take it out somehow. And they do that, and they make it into, like, some sort of protein. And I'm like, the, it's it's almost like, it's one of those situations where it's too good to be true. It's, like, such the perfect solution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, that I've got to be very skeptical, but I've been following it, keeping an eye on it. It's called Solar Foods, just in case you wanted to look into that. A.K.A. Silent Green, right? No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's pretty close i mean it's pretty, i bet it is yeah finland they're out of finland oh cool i'll have to look that up so anyway back to the mandalorian which we started you know but yeah. thus is thus is the discourse um but this week we had uh some other mandalorians show up and i don't know how much of other star wars you've watched have you watched rebels and clone wars yes okay All so you it. know who the characters were yes how did you how did you feel about Bo Katan Kreese showing up again in live action as Katie Sackhoff? It was great. She was perfect. She yeah. was so good. And I like I there are a lot of things that they've done in this season that I really appreciate. The little like subtle uh like really fun, subtle background, like Easter eggs and stuff, like the pod racer in the first episode, things like that. And this one they you know, having her in it was great, but the um, there was this dilemma of the Mandalorians that we've seen in almost every other thing except for Boba Fett have taken their helmets off, mm-hmm. and but now we've got these people that are like, no, you don't, take, you don't fuck with Trigger and and they even make such a big deal of it in the first episode where this is Olf, the way, yeah, exactly. Where Olf, as soon as Olfant takes his helmet off, like you could in it kudos to um Oberyn Martell for like selling it instantly where he you could see his body tense up as soon as he takes the helmet off like and he did it in this episode too and I thought it was really great this um, episode was go ahead but they you know they they Pocatan shows up first thing they do is they take their helmets off and he like tenses up and he's like you're not real Mandalorians but they're like no we are he's like oh you're one of them and they basically like instantly had a one-line explanation that just worked perfectly for like, ta-da! He's like, okay, cool. Well, <laughs> and, and it was the first time that like the Mando really felt like, like he's a loner in the show, mm-hmm. but this is the first time he felt like he was alone. Like he was like, oh, like his whole world came crashing down on him where it was just like, oh, wait, like I, I am not, I don't have the full picture. Even though we, we all have the full picture. We know who Bo-Katan is. We know, yeah. That you know how Mandalorian culture is, and he has this kind of sheltered view of it from a fundamentalist viewpoint, and he's going to have to tackle that as it goes on, which I think is yeah. really fun and interesting and and really cool. I like that a lot too, especially because um, it takes the story away from it just being about uh, the child. You know, so it's now like, oh, now we've got now we've actually got an arc for the Mando to have, as opposed to him just being this, like, quiet, you know, the almost you know, 
Eastwoodish, you know, this silent gunslinger who just is doing the right thing as he marches through and doing all this stuff. Now it's like, oh no, now he's actually got a path that he can go on, um, which I thought was was really awesome. That I, I would I would have been totally fine if he was just this stoic, the same character the whole way through, where he's just a stoic gunslinger who's just you know living the creed as far as we understand it that they've established. And they would if they never gave us that, it would have been totally fine. But the moment they established that, I'm like, oh, oh, we got some some like interesting stuff here, like some developments that we can do with him. Like that's really yeah. Cool. And we could, we could set him up to be a bigger player within Mandalorian yeah. culture in general, because they, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, thing. I don't think Bo-Katan necessarily is going to uh, get the, le- the dark saber back and just rule Mandalore. Like she wants. I don't, I don't think it's going to go that way. Just a no, hunch. I have no idea, but I just, I kind of have a feeling that, uh, in her pursuit of the dark saber, it's gonna maybe uh, unravel her as a as a, a hero or or a leader or who knows because she's knows? she's taking risks that she wouldn't probably normally do. But it's I I'm really interested to see where it goes and it definitely sets up uh, Dinjarin into like becoming a bigger part of the overall story which is something that i was really ex- was really hoping for in the show when i mm-hmm. first heard about it because it was called the mandalorian right and i was hoping that it would develop into like an, a larger arc about what it is to be mandalorian and you know res- you know kind of really defining that which will be which would be pretty neat but yeah, um, and and like I said, the the other thing I really like about that is that now we also have something about him to exist about outside of just the child. So like, if they they can get to a point where he's like, oh, I found the spot for the child, and it's like, okay, cool, and he can still go on his own story without it revolving around him just trying to find the spot for this for the baby Yoda. Which is cool, and even if even if that's not the case, even if they just stick together the whole time, which I would also love because they're. Hilarious. I think I think they're going to at this point because I just don't think like you can't take Baby Yoda away from the show just like you can't like I just don't think they can really be fully separated as much yeah. as you know because it's just the show is kind of set up on that premise, but for um, sure, it's. But I feel like yeah, so. It, it is really nice to see... So when they introduced the Darksaber at the end of last season, I was pretty hyped on that. Because that, that did the same thing like you were talking about, where it instantly connected it with this other larger world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now having uh, Bogotan coming in and her still searching for it, and we even having like... Uh, Esposito showing up for a hot minute in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's great. Like in these these tying these things together is just and just dope. little lines like "Don't believe everything you hear." Like that's mm-hmm. it's it was just so beautifully done because like you you had this idea that like because all the stuff that was established last year you're like, well that's not the Mandalorian culture I know. Like it, they all take their helmets off, you know, and mm-hmm. you would. Th- <clears throat> you could theorize that this was the, the the situation, but it was just so beautifully done this episode to like, oh, and then it just adds a whole other level of depth and, you know, because we were only seeing it from his perspective yeah. and to his perspective, you know, there's like things where like they say you can't, you know, only one of us can go out at a time. Like there's there's definitely like cultish behavior that they're all kind of, performing in that uh in that covert so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing the the greater picture of what the situation is and where the mandalorians are uh, as a people you know is mandalore yeah. wiped out or who knows yeah um i did really like also um that I commented on this. 
when he was sitting down with the other Mandalorians at the table and uh, one of them eats like a squid thing and like slurps it up. Mm. And I was just like, that is the most impressively pointless VFX I've ever seen. And I'm just fucking here for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was so pointless and so dumb, but it looked it looked a little it was a little slight. It looked a little off, but it was still like it was just so good. And just I was just like, there's no need for that. But it was great. I fucking loved it. I'm glad they spent probably like 30 grand on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so much of the effects in this season are phenomenal. Just even that opening sequence of them like coming in for the, the crash the landing. landing. Yeah. And then the big crawler arm thing pulling that crawler arm pulling out of the water. I was just like, Oh man, that's great. I, I have no idea what production was like on you know, post-production was like on the show, but I kind of have this hunch that like there were a lot of people at ILM that were just not really working on anything over the summer. And they're like, let's just put some extra money into the show. Cause we can. Yeah. Well, ILM doesn't do everything for Mandalorian. Well, of course, but um, I, I, I don't, but I, but it, pick, I feel like it didn't go back to, it did not go back to Pixamundo. I know that. For yeah. A fact. So um, like, but that wasn't because we didn't do a good job on it. That's because of some other political stuff. Apparently one of the like managers of Pixamundo was like lying to ILM about stuff and they kind of found out about it. And it's like, you can't do that. You can't lie to ILM about stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, but the, the, the production, the, the production value is definitely like drastically increased this, this year. Yeah. I think that's because like, the budget drastically increased this year as well. True. And that's it, probably and true. I think also they have a better understanding of how the, um, the virtual production works. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true. Because they, they fucked that up last season. They, uh, they filmed everything. You know, it's all it's all filmed virtual production, so these giant LED screens. Um, and it's really cool because the spot they have in, um, I think it's Pinewood in London, um, they call it the volume, and it's this giant, like, it's, it's, it's a full... It's actually shot here in L.A. Not all of it, no. It's a, Not all of it? I thought most of it was shot in L.A. And, unless they moved it, but previously i think the where the the stage that they filmed it on i didn't think it was in i thought it was in london but i could be wrong i could totally be wrong but either way it's it's a big it's a big cylinder of led screens Mm -hmm. with a with a roof of led screens Um, motion tracking cameras everywhere um one side can open up one and close so if they need to do like a full 360 they can um you know and it's all rendered in real time through unreal engine Mm -hmm. and so as the camera moves and the camera's being tracked it can do natural parallax in the backgrounds and everything um so that's what's the big difference with this and most other things is that you know if you did it all on just a big green screen stage as you move you have to fake in the parallax in 3d as well but like you may not have the right parallax because your tracker markings only go so far et cetera et cetera you know all this, but I'm just saying it out loud for the for the people for the people that don't know. But they, uh, when they filmed it all the first time, the first season, they, I guess they didn't realize that giant LED screens, giant light emitting diode screens, emit light, <laughs> and so all of the foreground elements had this nice, like crisp um you know contrast but then everything in the back was really kind of muddled and like it it, they didn't have the black levels correct on it Mm -hmm. so we we ended up having to roto the foreground people to separate from the back and treat the background with a little bit of uh sharpening and like contrast so that it matched the correct levels Mm because it just it just looked milky and bad so. Yeah, and you could see like last season that there was like a bit if you were kind of paying attention that there was like a I don't, I wouldn't call it a screen effect, but like it did seem like it was like almost, you know, rear projected a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. And it, it, it just wasn't. It was off just a little bit. Just right, enough. and it, and it's still there this season, but it's not as apparent as it was like last season. I feel. Yeah, uh, I haven't watched these episodes that many times, but um, it's. It's really exciting for what they're going to be able to do in the future with future shows. And I assume that most of these other productions that they're starting with the Cassie and Andor show, the Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan show, whatever other show they're doing, like we'll use the volume and it'll be, it'll be really fun. But um, I guess the last thing we'll talk about in this episode was a name was dropped by Bo-Katan and that's a confirmation of rumors we've heard for a while that Ahsoka Tano will show up in the in the in the season, and I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, it's probably going to happen in episode five, the one that Filoni directs, and uh, that would make I, sense. I think it's clear that Din is going to go back to Navarro and maybe run into the um, the armor and be like, yeah, what the fuck is up with this man? And go, go, go meet uh, Grief Karga and, and uh, our friend from parlor and uh, <laughs> have a, have an adventure on Navarro. Cara Dune, sorry, I forgot her name. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think that's, definite possibility there's also a strong possibility that they like don't do that and they just kind of tease her and she's up shows up for like five minutes and then is out (laughs) i really think i really think that's likely to happen i don't think she's gonna overshadow the show because it really is about the mandalorian and 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 baby yoda it's not about her and if if it becomes too much about her then it kind of overshadows and i thought they did a nice balance in this episode with bo for people that didn't even know who she was or people that did like just the fact that manda was kind of a fish out of water in the situation mm-hmm. made it interesting and still about him even though she was in the scene you know because that was always the argument with the the sequel trilogies is like, well, I can't Luke Skywalker show up. And I'm like, well, he can't really show up because he's, he would take over the movie and it would be about Luke Skywalker again. And even though that does happen in the last Jedi and it's brilliant, like he can't show up in the force awakens because that's about Ray overcoming her, her battle with Kylo rather than uh, Luke saving the day at the end. Yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah, and she's getting her own show, so they're not gonna. I yeah, I don't. I really don't know what's happened with that because I've heard that she's getting her own show, and then I've heard that there's gonna be an animated version of the show. That because what was set up in Revels, she's going on an adventure with Sabine to find Ezra, and is that's an interesting question just to to theorize is that is she, has she gone on that adventure yet when we encounter her this season or is she, is she going or is because baby Yoda is um, has been revealed to her will inspire her to go find Ezra. I don't know. It's interesting. That's true. Or maybe that's how the season ends as he finally runs into her and then they all go together. Who knows? Yeah, a lot of things could happen. Um, we could we could theoretically have a a Thrawn trilogy again if Thrawn comes back. It would it would still work. Um, but I think I think when people think about Star Wars stories, they're always so focused on the big three, and if you disconnect the story from them, the big three, and still you could still tell a galaxy wide adventure with Thrawn doing his his thing and not have those guys part of the the story and have new characters you could do a lot of fun things with it you just have to think outside the box a bit more yeah. which i think is good 
Well, as long as I think as long as Filoni is still involved, um, it should be okay because he he seems to get how to use these characters very well. No, I, I agree, and I e- I think even even new characters he gets how to like fit them into the world. No, I I agree. I I uh, I liked his f- first two episodes. I like episode five. Um, I think a lot more than a lot of other people do, but um, that first scene in episode one where he comes into the bar that that scene always kind of bothers me, but after that it's it's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm Carl Weathers directs this next episode, and then Filoni is the next one. All right. So your prediction is we get Ahsoka in episode five. Episode five. And my prediction this week is that they, he goes back to Navarro. He runs into the armorer. They have a discussion. They somehow get looped into an adventure with Grief Karga and uh, Cardoon, fighting some Imperial something somewhere, and then they they head off to to Caladan on. Corvus or whatever, which were brand new names, and I frantically looked to see what they were, but they were just made up. Nice. Well, let's. Uh, do we need to address the elephant in the room of Gina Carano? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. I, I, I. My opinion on it is just like. She's an MMA let, fighter. Like, let Gina be Gina. Like, of course she's a doofus. Like, what did course. you expect? And what it's just like, expect? people are like, oh, how dare they? How how dare a Trump supporter be in a Star Wars show? I'm like, Jesus. Like, they're they're people, man. Like, of course but they're odious. It's just a job. It's just, it's, just, it's just a job. Just it's a job. It's just, just a job. Just don't worry like, about she, it. Like, she's not like that she important to the overall story. <laughs> Yes, she probably isn't going to make it through this season. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and and that probably explains why she's a bit more vocal on social media because she doesn't care. Yeah. And, you know, but it's... <laughs> but I think that would be funny if she did have more of a of a part and she just didn't care. That That's kind of funny to me. But, mm-hmm. like, of course, she's transphobic. You know, she's questioning the legitimacy of the election she's you know doing all the republican things all the common she said she's going to be over on parlor like yep yep exactly good for it good on you well and then there was this other controversy that i didn't dig into too much but james arnold taylor that is the voice of obi-wan in the clone wars Mm -hmm. was i guess someone said that he was posting all of his like these right-wing conspiracy theories on Parler, but then he denied that he even had a Parler account or that it was hacked or something like that. Okay. So, and so he's kind of come out and said that he, he's not a political person. He's an, you know, he's an entertainer and, you know, this wasn't him. So maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but I, I, I just, the that situation wh- is more of like, just, okay. Like, we don't need to we don't need to slay all of our all of the people that we disagree with like it's just like as much as i don't uh buy into the cancel culture hold, narrative hold, hold i on think there second. are excesses hold, to hold on, it hold on hold on pe- hold on hold on i'm gonna have to interrupt you on that one sam <laughs> we have like how many channels that are basically dedicated to you shutting down people that you don't agree with. No, I I have channels dedicated on our server to shitting on people. <laughs> Jake Tapper, Glenn Greenwald, Sam, Sam Harris. Harris. Yes, we had, but am we had... I am I leading a Twitter mob to cancel them? No, you I'm just you shitting now, shitting on them in confidence to you. That's all that's <laughs> happening. You don't. I'm not talking followers. about how terrible they are on on this podcast. I do plan not to yet. eventually, but like, I'm not. I'm not doing this, and there are legitimate <laughs> reasons to think Jake Trapper is trash or that Glenn Greenwald is mostly bad, but still does some good things. And what sucks is that he does 
some really good things and he's just mostly bad and you're like ah but um nobody's perfect nobody's perfect nobody's and i think we can't we can't be going around uh undermining people or trying to cancel people instead we should be trying to find common ground with people and i'm not saying we should ignore racism or anything like that but Jesus, like, I don't care that Gina Carano is a Republican and is no. an idiot like all the other Republicans. And it's not going to stop me from enjoying Star Wars, which is an es- escapism. And it it is what it is. But, yeah. you know, I don't think her, her career is going to or, you know, her her part in Star Wars is going to be that. pronounce there was rumors that she was going to have her own show but i don't think that's happening but that was at the stage when everyone was saying that everyone was getting a show so (laughs) and then these these leakers that were like yeah we got we got this and then they hit on that one and then they just started like uh rolling out all these other quote leaks that they had and then none of them came true and then they've kind of had to back up so it's, it's just funny but uh I mean, let's be honest. Also, the Star Wars fan base is probably more toxic than Trump supporters. <laughs> yeah, I I would so say that. Yeah, they can, you know, go find their favorite lightsaber and go fuck themselves with it because they have no room to talk shit about anyone in a star wars film saying any kind of crazy shit because and and this is generalization of course um not all of course hashtag not all star wars fans but most of the like vehement frothing at the mouth star wars fans they're so toxic it's either they're like right-wing sexist pigs or they're like wanting to murder the right-wing sexist pig like it's just crazy and it's just like it's a show for kids like relax just enjoy it christ no for sure yeah and i understand and only that one like trust no and I, i'm not going to be one of those guys that's like yeah keep your politics out of whatever like politics is everywhere we should be able to talk about anything and i'm not saying that those people that are complaining about the eggs or about Gina Carano are wrong to do it. They have the right to do it. I don't care, but I just don't care about the Gina. Gina Carano is a, a Republican. Like, of course she's going to say those things. She's a Republican. And that has more to do yeah. with half of this country thinks like that. And that's a bigger problem than her being in star Wars. I think that's, yeah. that's the bigger issue to grapple with that you have half of the country who knows? Maybe it's forty percent of the country is so rabidly, you know, bigoted and so on and so forth. And there's many reasons why that is. Some of it is just straight up racism. Some of it is discontent. Whatever. We can argue about that all day, but that's a bigger issue than Gina Carano being in Star Wars. It's yeah. As far as I'm concerned, there's all those people in this country that are literally undermining our entire coronavirus response. And it's gonna things are gonna get way worse in, with coronavirus because of these people, rather than Gina, Gina Carano being a Star Wars. I'm sorry, like I know she has a platform and she shares all her bullshit, but like, but she had a platform before this. Like she's of course she did, things, and that's the, that's what I'm gonna say is that my care for what Gina Carano is or isn't begins and ends with the episodes of Star Wars that she's in. So it's like. When she shows up, it's like great. When well, she leaves, I don't care. I'm done. Like I'm, I don't, I don't need to know anything about her. Yeah, like of that. Mark, and that's Mark the Hamill same for is every is, character in any movie or yeah, any like, TV show whatsoever. Like I could talk about Mark Hamill and his totally like basic bitch liberalism about loving Joe Biden, and Kamala Harris, and how I find that completely odious. But do am I going to say that like Mark Hamill is? A bad guy. Well, of course, he's just an old you're gonna boomer. Delete him of course, from he's Star gonna. Wars. Yeah, he's a boomer. Like, of course, he's gonna say stupid <laughs> shit like that. But like, you you have to have some nuance in these like discussions about these characters. Like, and it's like you 
you like at least if you're going to be you know on the leftist spectrum like me you're going to find a lot of people that you disagree with politically <laughs> that you enjoy something else that they do and like other people can have bad politics like i don't think that should take away what your your enjoyment of some kind of art yeah. they're creating you know not I that mean, you like, have to as, patronize as, them Gina Carano well, isn't she... making all the money off of the Mandalorian Disney yeah. is and maybe we should talk no, about literally these giant, giant corporations out. making all this money maybe that's yeah. a bigger issue than Gina Carano being a stupid Republican I don't know I I maybe we're definitely beating yeah. a dead horse again in this episode but Which, like I hey that's our favorite it's thing more of our theme than anyway and than anything, but I think we're we're definitely getting in on the on the name of the episode. It's definitely going to have Gina Carano in it, but uh, <laughs> it's going to be called Coronavirus. Coron, I like that. All right, we got it. <laughs> I, I don't think we could top that, Kyle. Unless there's no, anything else you want to say about the episode. The but... only other thing I want to talk about is how much shit you inadvertently gave him me for saying that Esposito is probably the second best villain actor. In Star oh, Wars yes. History. We do need to talk about this. That now, is true. I need to... I gave ex- you a lot of shade. You did give me shade in the form of a perfect gif of James Earl Jones. It's Thulsa uh, Doom turning his head right as he, I think, cuts Conan's uh, mother's head off, if yeah, I remember and- correctly. It's so great. He just looks so sassy. He looks like he wants to get fucked. It's pretty funny. If yeah. you see it out of context, it doesn't work, but it's pretty funny. Um, so I didn't mean that he was the best villain in Star Wars. I was saying that he's the best villain actor in Star Wars because he's just so good at it. And the thing is, is and I'm, I said this and I realized after I said it, I was like, he's only really been a villain like twice. Like he was in uh breaking bad and now this Mm -hmm. but like he just he just effuses like evil so well like he just he just is so sinister and especially like his ability to switch between like i'm your best bet in the world to i'm going to kill you and all of your family and dump you in a vat of acid like he just can do that so well um and then it's you like said Jason, Jason Isaacs. Isaacs was number one. Yeah, but just plays because the Inquisitor. Jason Isaacs has been such a predominantly great evil villain through like so much movie. Like, I mean, you go from like the Patriot to Harry Potter to like all the stuff that he's just always been. This, like, Lorca really from great... the Discovery series. Yeah, he's just so great at being evil and and. And, but it's a it's a different kind of evil because he's like that cocky evil, which is still fun. But like, you know, he's he he's great at that. But I don't know. I think Esposito, you just you just love to hate him, man. He just does such a good job of it. Like he just he he makes you like just like oh, someone kill this man quick. <laughs> yeah, he he is a good villain. I agree, but. Uh... I just think that some of, you know, like fucking uh, Christopher Lee, like he's one of the all time villain actors. You have you have to, you know, you have to give him credit for that. Okay, well, so here's the thing with Christopher Lee. Was he a villain? Oh, in Star Wars? Mm hmm. Uh, Yes, because he's he's the apprentice of Darth Sidious, Darth, Darth Tyrannus. Now you sure, can, you can, but... you can talk about separatist propaganda all day, but he still was deceiving everyone. And even though many separatists had good intentions, Dooku himself was a Sith Lord. And that's made clear that he is a villain in the story. Um, I mean, he, he literally tells Obi-Wan what's going on and what's happening. But that's a that's a theme in Star Wars is the the bad guy usually says what's true. Uh you except right on except it, yeah. in the case of the last Jedi. But uh, <laughs> yeah. um but to, to to Kylo's understanding that is what he thinks is true. So Right, of course. And what is in her head. But um but yeah. But, okay, so Darth he, Vader so does the same thing in Empire. Let, okay, so let's say Dooku is a villain. Chris Lee's 
I mean, you're right. So, um, Saruman, right? Saruman and, and Lord Saruman of the Rings. And Lord of the Rings. The man so with good. the golden gun and James the man Bond. With gun. So good. Um, but at the same time, I think he played like, Dracula a couple times. Yeah, probably. But at the same time, it's like he always plays these borderline characters where you know he's he kind of walks that line between he he always plays like the gray. Villain. Well, I think that Gus Fring is is very much a gray. Uh, oh come villain. on! Oh, absolutely no, not. He has dimension to him. Yeah, he has dimension, but he's not gray. He's he's dark as hell. He's so evil. It's great. Well, I he's definitely evil, but so is Walter White. So it's like, I, like yeah, but Walter White is more gray. He's he is more in the gray. Where it's like I just know, think I just think when you get to Gus Fring, in in his stage of a villainy, he's a little further along than Walter White is, but he's, 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 uh, you know, he still has some kind of arc, you know, basically what happened at Don, Don Eladio's and all that stuff that went down. And are, mm-hmm. are you watching better call Saul or no? Uh, I'm a few seasons behind, but oh, yes, dude, you got to watch it. It's one of the best I, uh... t- shows on TV. It, like it is, it is phenomenal, I, I just, and like these last couple seasons are getting better and better and better. But there's just uh, so much to watch, and, and I, there's I, I know there is, but I think it's on uh, Netflix now, so you can just watch it, it there. And that's usually what I wait for, is because I do like that show so much, and it's so good. Like it's one of those shows where I literally have to sit there and just watch it because if I don't, I get like aggravated. <laughs> no, it's it's uh it's very good. It's yeah, but, I might be like three seasons and that, behind. And that so. act, again adds more dimension to his his character because again it's Gus Fring, like earlier on in right, in gotcha. the process. So he's he's still a drug kingpin, but he's he's facing down the other you know the other uh, elements in the in the in the drug trade, and you know Mike is becoming his right hand man, and all this stuff is really really fun. But uh, um, anyway, we got off off a little bit. But yeah, I, I I would agree that he will make a great villain in Star Wars. But again, that's like if if there's anything to harp on or just kind of make fun of about the Mandalorian is Favreau is very direct in like, oh, we should have this type of character. Oh, let's get this guy from here. Like, oh, yeah. we should have, you know, a lawman. In, on Tatooine. Oh, let's get Timothy Oliphant. Like, oh, we need a villain. Let's get Giancarlo Esposito. He was great in Breaking Bad. You know, like, it's literally what he's doing, but it still works really well. He does it well enough that it doesn't matter that, yeah, it's that guy from there, but like, yeah, let's get Gina Carano to, you know, beat up a bunch of people. Yeah, that, that works, you know. Like, it's all very well type. It's very typecast in general, but I think in some ways that's more of a strength than a weakness. I just think it's more funny than a bad thing. Yeah. Cause we all sit there and we all go, man, I sure wish there was Carl Weathers and more star Wars. Yeah. You know what this star Wars is missing? A guy from predator. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing him again. Uh, I'm too. I love Carl Weathers. Don't get me wrong. I've always no. loved Carl. Weathers. Carl Weathers is like one of my all time favorite actors. He's so great. No. Um, and that, that's the other thing that we were talking about. Uh, earlier this week with John McTiernan and like I finally watched Die Hard with a Vengeance but like his his like three three masterpieces which are you know uh, Predator, Die Hard and then The Hunt for Red October like just great filmmaker and you know it's too bad that he lied under oath and had to go to prison but he's a great director (laughs) oh yeah he's a great director um, yeah, that was uh, I did not realize that that was the first time that you'd seen Die Hard with a Vengeance. That I'd seen Die everything. Hard and Die Hard Two and Die Hard whatever, the four Die Hard Four, like I'd seen all those movies. I just never had seen Die Hard with a Vengeance. And, if I'd have uh, known that, we would have done this whole episode talking about Die Hard with a Vengeance. So it's a good thing you didn't say that. <laughs> 
great movie. But uh, so anyway, uh, would you would you want to say? Uh, nothing. That was it. I'm done. All right. Well, I think I think we should wrap it up for tonight, and we'll be back next week at some point. Um, and Probably a little we'll, bit sooner. I, I I don't know if we'll have that much delay going on for the yeah. next one. Yeah. It, well, it was just a week last. We we this lasted a week. Anyway, but yeah. uh, I'm Sam. I'm Kyle. And this could be better. This could be better. Hey, we got it this time. All right.